Hey everybody, welcome to episode 133 of Making It. I'm Bob Clyden, here with Jimmy Duresta. Hey guys, how are you? Doing well. We also have David Pachuda. Hello, hello, hello. We also have some other people. Oddly enough, we do have three other people on the show today. And I'm going to let you introduce yourselves. It's me. <laughs> cool. Glad to have you. <laughs> so that is William Osman, uh, for anybody that doesn't uh, recognize the voice, which is very possible. We have William Osman and the silent cameraman, John, his cameraman. And uh, it's also me, Peter Shreepal, yeah. I guess. <laughs> so we have three other people uh, from YouTube on today, and they're at my house. So we figured, hey, come on the show. We went we, stuff. we went from having never ever having any guests to having six at once <laughs> to make up for lost time. Was that a rule or you couldn't get anybody on the show? Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so yes. I don't know how to answer the questions now. We get asked all the time, like, you should have so, such and such on the show. And our yeah. typical answer is we don't have guests on the show. Yeah. So this is going to mess everything up. Well, how about we just say we don't take suggested guests on the show? That sounds snooty. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, well, we'll come up with something. We'll work, it. We'll work on it. There'll be a very, very complicated, delicate formula that people are going to have to figure out. And if they figure it out, we'll go, perfect. Give us the number. Oh, It's got to go through our lawyers. Yeah. Maybe some crazy math problem. Yeah. That's <laughs> Tell them that we paid you guys money. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like $40,000. <laughs> It costs it costs $40,000 to be a guest on the show. <laughs> so, yeah, I'll expect that check before you guys leave. Oh, that's after us. Yeah, okay. Um, so what's going on? Let's uh, let's first go with David. What do you have to do? I'm still working on the same stuff as last week. Still working on the kitchen table. And then hopefully later tonight, tomorrow morning, I put out the video for the wormhole art. And, uh, yeah, Travel. that's it. Nice. Not much to say, because nothing's changed since last week. Mm. <clears throat> gotcha. Jimmy, what about you? I am... I'm, I'm reeling in the comments for my steel bark table, which I released late last night. So it's exciting, because it, the video's performing well. I, I, I really yes. honestly put that video out expecting a lot of people to be like, what's wrong with you? Why don't you get another job? <laughs> but everybody, every, just because I'm like kind of violating a slab, you know, it's sort of the uh, the type of table that no one, you know, you're supposed to just take it and like put French wax on it and, and not think about it. You know what I mean? You're not supposed to improvise mm. on it. And so I did. And uh, a lot of people are really giving me the thumbs up, which is nice. Everyone's uh, really, really excited to see some innovation in that in that department, like a slab table, which I didn't realize it needed innovation. I just had an idea and I went with it. So I'm excited about that, and I'm already thinking of other ones to do. And uh, But today, tonight, I'm going to continue work on my steel hatchet or steel axe. I'm making a steel-handled axe. And, and in all honesty, I need ratings. All my ratings are slipping. So whenever I make a weapon or something outside the box, everybody gets excited. So I have to make a weapon to up my rating. So. So what's different about this one than stuff you've done in the past, axe-wise? Uh, this is a steel. The handle is axe actually wise. made made out of steel. It's a it's like a 32-inch steel handle, and it's going to be a double-bit axe at the head. This is also an idea I've had for a really long time. And on my plasma table, I cut out 3-8-inch steel in, a, in like a lattice work. So it, like imagine if I took like the leg of the Eiffel Tower and made it into a handle of an axe. So you might think of like a solid steel, and you're like, oh, that's too heavy. But I cut out about... 30% of the weight by cutting out little triangles and creating a, a, a cross brace design going all the way up the handle. So is it, is it pretty clean when you cut it on the inside? 
Yeah, this one got a little squirrely because uh, I think, you know, I lost my XYZ a little bit. Actually, I lost my X and Y just a little bit. So the, the holes, although I drew them perfect, they didn't cut perfectly because I had a couple of stalls. And so when you re when you, you can start okay. from, you can go into your vectors in, in the CNC programming and say, start from here. So I had to do that a couple times. And then by the end of the cut, because the tolerances around all the, the so-called bracing was kind of skinny, it got really skinny in some spots and kind of little fat. So I think everything moved just a touch, but on camera you might not notice it unless you listen to this podcast. So uh, it's it's pretty it's pretty strong and it's it's much lighter than it looks. So I'm gonna Ooh. tonight I'm gonna grind and shape it a little bit and and try and get that together for my next video. So that's a fun nice. and and also, it'll be really interesting. Go ahead. It'll be really interesting to see if doing a weapon has a positive effect, like you think it does. Oh, it does. It probably will. <laughs> I mean, but... If I do steel hatchet, steel handle hatchet, it's going to – because immediately when I start getting comments like, this is horrible, you, you know, you, you should go to jail, and right underneath it, <laughs> Wait, you, you're a you genius. Wait, you actually get that? No, no. I'm just like being extreme. <laughs> but I like it's just like, why don't you give up, kill yourself? Oh, my God. This is so genius. <laughs> like when I get those two comments within like the – like the same 10 yeah. minutes, I know the video is going to go berserk. So hmm. it's fun. Do you, I do do you guys keep up with all your comments? You can keep up with them? I keep up with a lot of them. I mean, I'll like, I'll peruse them quickly. And just, of course, I only look for the negative ones because the positive ones are very nice. <laughs> you know, I, I do look at them and I look for friends and family and people that, that like comment regularly. And, and I always thank them. Yeah. So I do, nice. I do look quite a bit, a lot more than you would expect. Yeah, same here. I spend a, a lot more time in the comments than I think a lot of people expect me to. And that's getting harder and harder to do. I think for everybody. But We had like 5,000 comments on the last video. Mm. I went oh. through every single one. Yep. That's a lot. It was like I, it was literally like three hours. And I'm like, it doesn't end. I just kept scrolling and scrolling. <laughs> Which video was it? The, the, the Power Eraser. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which was good. It was like, good. Explain the power eraser to those who so have imagine seen it. if you have an eraser and you need imagine if you had an eraser and you need you need lots of power to erase lots of things. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's basically a, it's a jigsaw with an eraser strapped to it. And uh, there might be a, a few people who haven't seen the videos, and your approach is very unique. Can you explain your your video your your style a little bit? Yeah. So. Um, oh God, can I, I don't know if I actually can explain this. I mean, we just try to do ridiculous things and they are ridiculous. do, uh, because I feel a regular eraser is boring and I happen to have a jigsaw motor that was laying around from a previous robot, which was also insane. Um, I, was this a request? How did we come up with this? How do you come up with most of your ideas? I have no idea. Some are suggestions. Like I think the most insane one is the Vin Diesel sandwich and that was a suggestion but other than that i i don't even know i can't even like it starts with a stupid idea and then it just like balloons out of control um I don't know. that actually would be a really good time uh, like a tagline for your channel yeah just that line right there i don't know i really can't i feel like maybe i should put more thought into like trying to remember how these some of these ideas come to fruition because I have no idea. Well, for anybody who doesn't know your channel, tell us about some of the stuff that you've done. Uh, so, so we made a ham and cheese sandwich in the shape of Vin Diesel by cutting uh, slices of deli meat with a laser. 
Jack, you heard that before? Yeah. Um, we made a, a toast buttering robot. No. Yeah, toast buttering robot with a jigsaw motor and a big linear stepper motor. And it uh, tears the toast up more than it butters it. I don't know. What other, what other stuff do we got? Oh, yeah. We made cotton candy with an angle grinder. That worked pretty well. It did work well. I don't and recommend it tasted doing delicious. It. People, people say they want to do that. I'm like, please don't do that. <laughs> um, I don't know. Oh, mechanical TV. Which it's is a, crazy. You, a, can't, you can't just say I, that. you got to explain it. it. It's, like a, it's like a TV from the 1930s that, or maybe 20s, I don't really know, that basically spins at like 1,000 RPM and flashes light really quickly. And so you can kind of see an image. Um, it's really hard to explain, mm-hmm. but imagine like the alarm clocks that you see at a store sometimes that flicker back and forth in the light. Do oh, like persistence of yeah, vision. Yeah, the persistence of vision. Um, it basically relies on that and... Yeah, they never worked really well, and mine worked worse than that. <laughs> but it worked. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know. I mean, if I had to encompass everything, it's just insane ideas. Uh, sometimes cool, and sometimes dumb. Sometimes both. Usually both. I don't know, man. I, I love. I love how you. It's really entertaining, though. So you. You're, it looks like you're in a, a small apartment, right? Yeah, it's like the it's like half a garage, like the backside of a garage has yeah. been turned into a studio. And then you have a cameraman, which is sitting to your right, yeah. that follows you around. Cameraman and even when the project fails, it's still super fun to watch because it's crazy entertaining, and we get to see you experiment and try and try these things. Fail miserably. <laughs> well, but I, I think one thing that's really cool about it, I totally am with you. Like, I love the the comedy and the fun of them. But I think one thing a lot of people may not know is that you're actually an engineer. Yeah. And so, <laughs> even though it looks like he may not know what he's doing, he actually does know what he's doing. Yeah. I mean, we, I, I think we tend to put ourselves into situations where things will go horribly wrong. <laughs> that's what I can describe. Like, basically, ask for problems. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, and, and I think even in real engineering, like you run into all sorts of problems. Like you just don't see it on the outcome because they spend so much time to polish it. And you're kind of seeing into a lot of the disasters and struggles when you know you, you sort of implement these half baked ideas. Yeah. So, can you tell us about like your engineering background? Just yeah. So I have a, um, a bachelor's in mechanical engineering and a minor in electrical engineering. Uh, we graduated like two years ago, three years. I don't even. I, I can't even keep track anymore. Um, <laughs> And uh, I worked in school and haven't had a full-time job since school. <laughs> and so we just uh, make videos now. Awesome. Yay. Yeah. My parents are proud. <laughs> <laughs> Can I oh, ask, what, what, choice, what school did you graduate? Uh, California State University, Northridge, CSUN. It's like near UCLA, but not nearly as good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and what was, what was your <laughs> impetus to going on YouTube? I always ask everybody that. What was the very moment so, in time when you said, like, I need to make a YouTube so video? So we, we've actually been making videos since high school, Cameraman John and I, and some other friends. Um, but it was like skits and kind of stupid special effects and stuff. And, and you can find it if you search hard enough, but I'm not dropping any names. <laughs> um, and that kind of started dying, you know, so we like go through school and now we're like entering the real world and have to do, you know, real jobs. And uh I started a blog to try and kind of document some of the projects I was doing, the more serious stuff. Uh, and so I asked John to help me kind of make a short video about it. And it's definitely, it's like, it's the most boring. I mean, it's pretty obvious that it's like the first video. Um, and then it like just kind of ballooned out of control. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> you said, I think a lot of things in your life balloon out of control. They do. Yeah. It like- starts off small and then I, I can't tell you what happens. I have hmm. no idea. It just sort of snowballs into a giant balloon that's out of control. John, do you have a video background? Yeah, I have a film production major. 
Same school as okay. well, unfortunately. <laughs> John, do you ever get jealous that you're not on camera as much? Not at all. No. You don't want to be on camera. Don't, don't want to be. Mm. No. Do you want to yeah. be on a podcast? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> I asked him and I said, you know, William's going to be on here and it, it's a great chance for you to like be able to talk about what you do without having to be in front of the camera because I know you didn't it's want nicer. to. But yeah. yeah. It's not as bad. Well, it's not we, bad. We do have a lot of uh, gear nerds that listen to the show. Do you mind just telling us what you shoot with? Uh, it's a Canon 70 Mark II with a camera on uh, 24-70 lens. Hmm. And it's pretty much it. It's actually, it's it's a, I think it's a pretty inexpensive setup. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Low Ryan. Nice. It has autofocus, which is, which is nice. You couldn't do this with a lot of older DSLRs. <laughs> right. Cool. So we also have Peter here. Peter, tell us about what you do. Uh, it's sort of like Williams stuff, but it usually involves maybe a little bit more flying, <laughs> maybe, maybe a little more RC, and usually a flamethrower somewhere. Uh, awesome. I, I think one of the better ones was this um, spider robot I got from China. Uh, but we put a Thomas the Tank Engine body on it, and underneath the Thomas the Tank Engine body, we put a fuel pump with a small flamethrower, and we kind of set the backyard on fire. This is it. gasoline, right? Gasoline, yeah. I, it, this is a 10 out of 10. You should not try this at all. I see that it's all. That keeps is all over Reddit. Yeah, no it, one ever credits you. It kind, it kind, it kind of sucks though, because it did got stolen and put on Facebook, and it got quite a few million views on Facebook, which is uh, kind of bad. But yeah. I, I guess it is what it is. We also did it with a fire truck too, and William actually did the voiceover on that one. And if you ever seen a National Geographic documentary, you should probably go check that out. It's a, it's a fire truck that yeah. takes its name too literally. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing, huh? But yeah, that's pretty much the extent of what I do. Right now, I'm currently building one of my crazier projects, which is probably an airplane. I might probably. be flying. Yeah. It should fly. Peter's building like right. an actual real airplane. Yeah. Well, it's an ultralight, so there's no FAA certification whatsoever for this type of thing. As long as it's under 254 pounds, and it should be done before the end of September, hopefully. Peter's going to die. <laughs> Let's hope not. <laughs> so, um, William, why are you guys in my house? Um, because wait, wait. Are you guys are you guys gonna put a floor down with a robot? <laughs> oh gosh, Jimmy! Jimmy thinks everybody that's at my house, I'm putting them to work. That, that would be smart, actually. Yeah, maybe I should. A flooring <laughs> robot wouldn't be bad. That's true. Um, we we are on a little bit of a North American tour, and so we were in New York. Um, and uh, did we say who we were hanging out with? I don't know. We were hanging out with Andrew Ray of, of Binging with Babish doing a video and, and then we went to Ohio to hang out with Peter and did a couple of videos and or just one, nice two, one of them's yours. Yeah. And then up to Canada to hang out with the Hacksmith um, and Jerry Saval, though he's in the U.S. And now we're, we're down here in uh, Kentucky. You know where I live? They call it Ventucky. Really? Well, it's Ventura, but we have kind oh. of like some, I, I say redneck, is that offensive here? Yeah. Not really. And they call themselves uh, Ventucky. They call Ventura Ventucky. Really? Yeah, there's a lot of those. There's like Nash Vegas. People like stick two places together. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting. I've never heard anybody do it with Kentucky. Though. <laughs> yeah. So we, uh, we're we here in, in regular, real Kentucky um, to hang out with, with Bob and do things. I don't know. We yeah. have some ideas. Yeah. Some I don't know if we're going to be able to do. Yeah. He showed up with a handful of really horrible ideas. So we'll see, <laughs> <laughs> see how it works out. <laughs> Um, so, but you guys are from, uh, Ventura. Yeah. John and I are from Ventura, California. It's just like, uh, an hour north of LA. Cool. 
next and to the water. Peter, you're from Ohio? Well, uh, yep, I'm from the Dayton area. Oh, more specifically Beaver Creek, but yeah, around there. Oh. And David was in was in Dayton recently. Oh, yeah, was actually, there a couple weeks ago. Are there actually beavers in the creek? Uh, I think I've seen beavers maybe once or twice, but <laughs> I guess they call it Beaver Creek. Mm. <laughs> nice. Well, we don't really have a topic today, but I, you know, I never talked about what I've been doing. So yeah. Let me do that, and then we can still not have a topic. Perfect. Um, so I've been working on my office some more, kind of like you, David, like the same stuff for the last couple of weeks. I do have lights in my shop now, and it looks amazing. Mm-hmm. It's super bright, which is uh, a big change. And my office is now almost, like it's getting close. I can put paint on the walls now, which is really cool. So all the drywall is done, electrical is done. I'm about to put in a drop ceiling. Soundproofing? something I've never, do what? Soundproofing? Soundproofing. Yeah, soundproofing. So there's like soundproof stuff in the ceiling, and then I'm going to do the drop ceiling to help with it as well. And I've never done that before. So, we'll see how it goes. Is that know. what the green stuff is? Uh, the green stuff, yeah, that's soundproofing insulation that is up there and kind of works mm. a little bit. But so the office is coming along. I'm really excited to get it like done because kind of everything else is on hold. Like I was talking about last week, the the bottleneck, you know. So I've kind of been doubling down on getting the shop and the office usable so that I can actually make content again. And I think that will make everything else be a little bit. I don't know, more productive. And like, I don't think I'll feel as much pressure on the house once I get the stuff down here done that actually makes money. <laughs> so that's what I've been up to. Very cool. Do we have anything we want to talk about today? We I have really a question. I, okay. I, William, I was watching, I was catching up on some of your stuff before I knew we were going to be together. And I saw you did the uh, the, the laser bandsaw. Is that something that you yeah. could really make? I mean, how what what is the oh, wattage of that yeah. bandsaw that cuts through so fast? It's 80 watts. 80 watts. And, and Dave, it, what was the wattage you gave me on that laser? Was that a 40? That's a 40. And so yeah. it, what was – I haven't seen the video of you building that laser, but what is the complications in building that? Is there any? I mean aside from the stepper motors and stuff. Um, oh, yeah. Okay. So the, the worst part – well, first of all, it's, it's just scary. Because after – I'll uh, tell you what. After watching yours, like when I realized I'm like, screw the X, Y, and Z. I'll just – set a laser up on a gantry and just stick wood through it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay. So if you had enough space, you could totally do that. But the problem is you want you don't want the tube. Like the tube is huge. Like the actual laser is like a meter long. It's like 1,200 centimeters or something like that. Right. Um, I have a really so, high ceiling. I could just have it stick straight up in the air. Right? Yeah, yeah, I would say you totally could. Uh, Does it need to be water-cooled? They, yeah, so it's water-cooled. And like the big issue is getting the beam to the cutting head. So uh, typically the laser is stationary inside the machine and they use mirrors to bounce it to the cutting head, right, right. but it needs to be really well aligned. And so if your machine flexes at all, like mine does, cause it's just made out of like 80, like 20 millimeter, 80, 20, um, your alignment will kind of get out of whack. And so towards like the back right corner of the machine, the alignment's bad and it doesn't cut so well. So basically you need to have like a relatively rigid kind of gantry to mount it to. Um, but if you do that, it's pretty easy to align it with the mirrors. You've got really, really fine adjustment screws. So if um, I, if, people, if I just pick the laser straight up, I'm holding a pencil, pointing it directly in the air. Let's say that it won't the, cut. It, it, it won't cut if it's straight down. It has, it has, to, it be has to go, around. it has to go through. No, no, it, no, no. It has it doesn't have to be bounced around. It has to go through a lens. So you basically, okay. you could, yeah. So if you put the laser straight down and put a lens underneath it, you right. could cut, right. you know, yeah. Cause hmm. I got a machine that cuts steel so I could make like a big giant yeah. C. You could. Like a bandsaw yeah. C? 
that does this? I you, mean, you could. What you should do, I think, is you should have the uh, laser tube vertical pointing up and then use two mirrors to bounce it down into a lens. So that way you can kind of compact it more instead of putting the tube above it. How about because this? The machine is can rigid, I, can yeah. I just set the laser up in the ceiling of my, my workshop? And, yeah. And just put a spot on the floor and know that like I could put a table there? <laughs> Don't yeah. walk here? <laughs> yeah. I could, like, I could say, hey, come walk through here and then have somebody walk through and then they just split into you, two pieces. No, they won't split into two, but they'll be very unhappy and they'll smell like burnt meat. <laughs> oh, man. You'll no. burn. You'll basically give them like a third degree burn because no. you're not going to cut them with a lens. Oh, I know. I know. I'm, I'm joking. Yeah. But honestly, could I could I mount that to the ceiling, say 15 feet in the air and know that right there is where the laser is going to come through and I can cut? E, I mean – Like make so like a table. The, like a, if I could, if yeah, I, if you oh, if it was rigid, yeah, if you basically if you mounted the tube in the air and right. you pointed it down and you put a lens underneath it, however you know you can put the lens you know as far away as you want from it, right? You will be able to cut through you know quarter inch wood at like I don't know how fast, like maybe a thousand millimeters a minute. It's really fast. Wow, it's I just saw really you cut fast. it like butter. I just because I know that it is. Yeah, but it helps really. that the lens. It helps that the lens is closer to the material, right? Because it's more of a focused. The lens, yeah. So the, the lens, ha- you basically have a very small window. It's like your depth of field with the laser, where the power density is yeah. high enough to actually cut. So the lens could be as far away as you want from the laser, but the lens has to be a specific distance away from the material. Okay, that makes to, sense. To a certain extent, I mean, you couldn't put the laser a mile away; it would so, spread out too much. Let but. me ask you a question: If there's a 80 watt laser, is there a 100 watt laser? Oh yeah, you, so you can go up to like a hundred. <laughs> okay, you can go up to like a lot, but um, <laughs> you can get realistic like a hundred and eighty watt laser. Could so, I cut yeah. through three quarter inch pine or plywood with with a hundred ten uh, watt? Yeah, I think with hundred eighty watt in the right lens, I think you could. It wouldn't be fast though. I mean, it would. It still it wouldn't be slow, but you could totally do it. Yeah. And could I cut my finger off as fast as I would with a bandsaw? Uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure you could. Yeah. <laughs> We've oh, been meaning to do this. Finger. I'm a little worried about doing a video on that, though, because then people might get grossed out if we use, like, a pig's foot or something. Right. You use a hot dog. Yeah, but it's not bone. Yeah. It's scientific, though, so it's probably worth doing. Yeah. You could always just Maybe sacrifice some... your pinky for ratings. Yeah, <laughs> I thought about it. <laughs> <laughs> My camera was broke that day, unfortunately. <laughs> Damn it. Um, uh, no, because so that, that, that's something that I would be totally interested in experimenting Do you want to build a laser bandsaw? Yeah, let's do it. How much is it going to cost me? Eh, a couple thousand dollars. Let's see. Maybe. Maybe. maybe hmm. Laser tubes are kind of expensive. Yeah. Yeah. The the eighty watts are like five to eight hundred, and then the prices go up, kind of scaled on the wattage. So you're looking at like fifteen hundred to a thousand for. Do you know a laser company that wants to be on a one million subscriber YouTube channel for free? <laughs> um, yeah. Oh yeah. I'm sure you could find somebody. Yeah. Oh yeah. I have one laser company in, in China that's always sending me stuff, but I, I should contact them again and say I want to make a, a laser bandsaw, a laser hackney bandsaw. Maybe see what they give me one. So correct me if I'm wrong, but one of the dangers of that is not just sticking your hand in the laser, but like not moving the material fast enough, right? Because it's going to catch fire. Mm, kind of. You, I don't think you'll actually catch fire because it just continues to sort of pass through. What you'll end up okay. doing is um, on the other side, well, I, it's really actually not that bad. The laser is only dangerous on the tube itself at the high voltage. It's like 25,000 volts. You don't want to mess around with it. Uh, and then at the focal thing, let fo- geez, focal, focal point, focal depth, focal depth point. of field, focal point and depth of field. Um, other than that, it's going to burn you. It's going to, it's not going to be that bad. What was I getting at? The companies yeah. that you know will take a laser oh. to a channel. Um, was it the dangers? 
Yeah, so you're saying like it, you, the, the laser will lose its intensity once it goes through the material. It's not oh, yeah. going to continue right. to set it on fire. Right. So it'll, it'll pass through the material once there's a hole. It might char it a little bit, but I have yet to catch stuff on fire. And, and you're supposed to blow air through it too. So you're supposed to be pushing air through the cut mm-hmm. to kind of keep flames from, from coming up. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. It does shoot fire at the bottom sometimes, but... That's actually that pretty. We lit a, I lit a candle like that. It's on my Instagram. I like holding a candle underneath as it's cutting wood, and, and the fire from the gas coming out lights the candle. That's awesome. <laughs> hey, so he's done a lot of videos uh, with like cutting, like hot dogs with the laser. One of my favorites was he popped a piece of popcorn with the laser, which is fantastic. Yeah. But I'm really curious. Uh-oh. Why do you have a laser? Why did you build an 80 watt laser in your tiny little apartment? Um, because lasers are cool. <laughs> <laughs> There's got to be more to the story than so that. So I, I knew a guy who lived, uh, like, right down the street from me in Ventura, or Ventucky, whatever we're calling it. And uh, he had a laser that he bought, I think, from Full Spectrum. It's like a, a Nevada company. And uh, he moved. That's it. So I didn't so have a, I didn't, didn't have, have one. Okay. And I had I had been meaning to cut some stuff and so I went and bought a bunch of plastic and then I asked him and he's like, Oh, I'm in I'm three hours away now and I'm like, Oh no. Mm. So then I went on Craigslist and started looking for lasers and found a guy like six hours away who was selling the, all the parts he had bought because he had kind of gotten halfway through given up. Because there's no plans or anything, so he was just winging it. So I bought some dude's half one project for like fifteen hundred bucks, took it home and just kept building it, and I think sure. I spent another fifteen hundred. Uh, and then blew up my first laser tube, and uh, yeah, that's uh, that's hmm. the story of. How so, we, what were you cutting with a laser that that you needed a laser? ABS, which is not necessarily the greatest thing to cut with a laser, right? <clears throat> but I mean, what were you making? Oh, oh, an LED panel. I was gonna. I wanted to make a really bright. I started doing it. I actually kind of have a lot of electronics done, but like a hundred and twenty watt LED panel. It's like blinding bright, but like the enclosure for it. Mm-hmm. I got. I got. I mean, I can show you pictures. Of some, I mean, you've seen stuff on the video, so it's, yeah. Nice. Yeah. I was regretting it in the beginning. But the, the laser? The laser, yeah. Because, oh. you know, before it actually is working and you have all the pieces together and then realize you have to go spend another, you know, couple thousand dollars to finish it. Yeah. But I'm super stoked and happy that I did it now. Well, you know, a lot of people, like when I've bought 3D printers or people have given me 3D printers or whatever, people are always like, man, you should just make your own. And when I think about like, I know it's totally possible, it's totally realistic, even for people without experience, but when I think about all of the detail stuff that you have to figure out, you have to dial in, to get a good quality print or a laser cut mm-hmm. or CNC cut off a homemade machine, like, that part of it makes me, no, I just want the tool to work. Like, I don't want to deal with all right. that. Yeah. It becomes kind of like a time versus money thing, because, right. you know, Willie made his own, but I was just foolish enough when I went out and just bought a commercial unit. Right. I spent, but I spent ten thousand right. dollars to get yeah. mine. That's right. the big difference. It just I, works. I think yeah. the printers are so cheap now too that it'd be, you'd be crazy to try and build one yourself. But the lasers are still at the point where it's like, if you don't really need one and can't justify the cost, you're never going to make the money back. Mm. I don't know. Yeah, the, la- the cost on lasers is coming down, I think. But yeah, I think it's still probably uh, still out of reach. You know, right? Uh, but the the gantry and all the the mechanics of it, I guess, are the same between CNC laser and three D printer at this point. Pretty much, it's just, just the tube. Bigger and yeah, the tube. The tubes, the tubes are really big. I mean, they're seriously, they're like 80 millimeters in diameter. and They're super frail and hmm. scary and hard to ship. I think this will, yeah. So, William, what are you doing for exhaust? So I have a, like, one and a half horsepower Harbor Freight dust collector. 
Oh, okay. And then I, you know, like the air conditioning vents in a window where it kind of like takes up the open window, basically mm -hmm. that shove in the window and blow into my neighbor's backyard. <laughs> awesome. It's fine when we're cutting wood, but when we start cutting like acrylic and plastic, they haven't complained yet. I always tell them like, hey, if it's really bad, just let me know. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask if they complained about it yet. <laughs> I usually don't cut plastics when they're home. Oh, gotcha. Can you tell us a little bit more about your obsession with cat shirts? Uh, yeah. I, so someone asked, and I had to do some thinking to figure out where the cat shirts actually came from. And it's my sister's fault because she's been buying me these terrible cat shirts for years. And, uh, and so I thought it'd be funny if we just always wore cat shirts in the videos. That, that's uh, a, good, a good origin story. Yeah. So we, I actually don't have any cats. We're not allowed to. We're, we're renting we could probably do it anyways because I don't think we're allowed to have a laser in the house either. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, no cats. My Wait. parents have cats. So oh, so yeah, it's your my parent, parent, yeah. your parents. Yeah, parents cat with the bread cat. Right. That's okay. that's my parent. That's Olaf. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, he has the shirt and part of a video where there's a cat with its face sticking through a piece of bread that he cut out on the laser. So <laughs> yeah, poor cat. <laughs> <laughs> While you're talking about the cat shirts, I wanted to know about the the giant posters on your wall of you riding a polar bear. Oh yeah, uh, so yeah, uh, I knew I had to send out graduation cards, and I didn't want to be boring, so I spent a bunch of time and and photoshopped that. Gotcha. Yeah, Did, I posted it on Reddit back then, like oh, really? twenty thousand upvotes. Yeah, <laughs> that was like the best post I've ever posted. Awesome. So, are you still using the same laser that you made? From uh, that other dude? No, the tube. No, I blew that up. Okay, but the but so, the rest of the unit is still the, the all the same parts. Right. So he had made the gantry and he had bought a bunch of mirrors and stuff. Uh, I think I would say he had done like about one third of the work. Okay. Uh, so I had to order like another five hundred dollars with the eighty twenty, the you know the aluminum extrusion, and to build the box and the frame and everything. Um, and then I ended up exploding the first laser tube when I was kind of test firing it. I wasn't running coolant through it and I pushed it too far and it, it, it literally exploded. Hmm. Like in a glass shattering yeah. way? Wow. On the inside. It's got like the oh, outer okay. sleeve, which protect kind of contained it, but it sounded like a gunshot went off in the house. Cause it's just, you know, it's glass and it just, when it heats up, it puts it under like an immense amount of stress hmm. and it just, you know, explodes. <laughs> Things do that. Yeah. And how big is the bed? Uh, so the cutting area is like, it's, eh, it's a little less than 600 millimeters by 900 millimeters, which is like 32 Big. inches. It's like my actual cutting area is like under 33 and under 24, I think, or hmm. something like that. Because the laser head, like the way it's kind of designed, like the motor will start hitting the side of the gantry. So it can't actually go the full length over. Mm -hmm. Do you have you any have plans any to like change it or... Make it bigger or improve it? No, I don't. I mean, I have lots of plans, but the problem is it works really well or decently well right now, and so I like can't motivate myself to actually like even finish it. Like, there's still like a breadboard with stuff and like wires like running around the whole backside of it, and aluminum foil that I like trying to cover stuff up that I couldn't get working because of the noise from the high voltage. So yeah, it's I, I'm going to finish it one day, but it's actually never going to happen. <laughs> I think I've accepted it at this point. Nice. Okay. So, so you're never going to make that video explaining how to make the laser? Um, I probably it? will. I probably will do a video without actually finishing it. I know I should, but the problem is it's going to be way different than the videos normally are. So, Right. Yeah. Well, so that's another interesting thing. I mean, we were talking before we started recording about like the kind of educational versus entertainment. Infotainment? Infotainment, yeah. Um, 
I mean, from all of the stuff of, of yours that I've seen, it's been very, very entertaining and pretty light on the education. Right. Is that intentional or is that... Um, people, so you get audience retention on YouTube. Like they show you, I mean, you guys know this, but you can see the actual spot where people dip out and people always dip out at the stuff that is attempting to be more educational. So I've come to the conclusion, I've talked to a bunch of people that... Um, I think inspiring people and not necessarily educating them is maybe the most effective way. So if you can get kids to like want to make stuff or realize that making stuff is actually kind of hard, but even if you struggle, you can still make cool things. Um, I feel like that might be a better outcome than trying to be explicitly educational because you can get that in school. But I think the hard part is teaching kids why some of these things are you know useful and important. If you see you know me struggling and not having any idea what I'm doing. And then eventually coming out with something that kind of works, you're like, hey, maybe I can do that too. Yeah. Well, and even also, like, you're not being super disappointed that something doesn't work right. It's funny because, like, when some of your projects don't go right, you're, like, happy about it. Yeah. Almost. (laughs) You know, like, wow, this didn't work. Awesome. You know, and it's it's still fun. And I think that that says a lot to people being, like, uh, you know, motivated to just keep doing things whether they actually work or not. Which is right. a good thing. I've had some people message me saying that they like want to go build, like inspired them to go build stuff now, and it like it makes me pretty happy. Yeah. It feels like we're doing something right. Yeah, that's awesome. So, do you have any plans, like to be more educational? No, 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 no. no. I mean, just like channel plans or um, project plans that you can talk about. Yeah. So I've got a whole list of projects that um, some are suggestions, some are you know my insane ideas. Camera, do you ever come up with ideas? Sometimes. Sometimes. Not very good. But. <laughs> Cameron John's actually a bigger part of the process than I think most people realize because it's like he's sort of my my banter, my back and forth, hmm. you know, the, to to judge and come up with things and does a lot of the art and stuff. Um, so basically, following like people's suggestions or coming up with crazy ideas, like we want to make an ice cream machine out of an exercise bike, so we just found that on the side of the road and dragged it all the way up the hill to the apartment, like last or two weeks. I don't even know. Chelsea was not happy about that. Um, but I think we've got some plans to try to be a little bit more educational too. Um, you know, try to try to maybe kind of do like a sort of Bill Nye thing. I have no idea. I mean, it's just stuff I want to try and see if we can yeah. if we can do it. Um, so you mentioned Chelsea, your yeah. wife, yeah, extremely patient. Oh yeah, <laughs> people get mad that they're like, oh, she's no fun, and I'm like, you have no idea what she has to live with. Yeah, me, I, I'm like a tornado with legs. I saw a picture. Of the yeah. two of you, was it at your wedding? Probably. We had, we had a reception. We actually got married. Like, oh, yeah, last yeah, yeah. But you had a cat shirt on. Oh, yeah. 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 So, I like, at the wedding reception, I, I immediately saw that picture and thought, that has to be one of the most patient women I've ever seen in my entire <laughs> she life. Bought because it. she bought <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that's even better. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So, she, she deals with it. I set the standards pretty low, though, so... <laughs> hey, yeah. can it's I... just when things get really... Yeah? I was going to say, can I ask a technical question? Um, uh-huh. This is totally off the topic. I'm sorry, but I, I noticed when your videos you you were playing with a brushless motor for the uh-huh. for the little power car. Yeah. Could you explain the 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 difference between a brushless motor and why the casing turns and you know, um, you know what I'm talking about? Like when you get a brushless motor, the whole casing outside turns. You the have to mount versus outrunners. I've seen. So I think it, with a whole yeah. outside of the the, right. the thing turns like. It, it seems a little impractical because you have to only use those motor mounts that's on the f- face of the motor. Because I, I built a lot of toy products over the years, and we would always just capture the motor like around the housing, you know, just right. like, grab it like that. But you can't grab that motor like that because 
I think some of it has to, I talked to the guy who designed that brushless control in that video, Oscar Weigel. Right. It's Weigel. Um, and I think some of it has to do with where the, most of the inertia of the motor is. So if you're spinning like all the coils, it's more mass than the magnets, or it was the other way around. Do you know anything about I this? Also, know is they actually do make inrunner style brushless motors. You right. can buy them like that. It's just, they seem to be less popular. I think it has something to do with the RPM per volt or the way they're wound. Because right. I know most of the inrunner style, like comparative to like a, a brushed 130 size motor, they used to spin really, 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 really fast RPMs. And most of the applications people use them for, they go to a gearbox to further reduce the amount of, you know, uh, speed for more torque. Actually, I think actually no, I think I think it has to do with getting more magnets into the motor. So you can put the magnets on the outside, you can yeah, get like a range. larger ring. Oh, because it's a bigger can, ring. Right. So I think you end up with. Slower motors? Slower motors, yeah. But higher torque. Higher torque. And that's what most people want anyways, even the model airplanes, RC cars, and things like that. That's why they probably are just more po- popular and prevalent now. Right. right. Dumb question. Why? What is the... I, I personally know, but what is the difference between a brushless motor and a traditional motor? I mean, like, I know, okay, but so, yeah, you still have ready for <laughs> actually, No, no, I, I mean, because it's a base, like, a brushless motor has no brushes, but why are brushes... Right. Like, why are now so in the you, advertising PR world, why are brushes bad? So brush, brush motors are way less efficient because you've got, I think, two factors. One is you're, you're physically rubbing against, like, you know, the one-to-one of the motor. So there's no gearbox or anything. So you're losing a lot of energy for every single time that motor turns around. But I think it also has to do with the brushed part of the motor. This is a, probably actually another video we could do that would be kind of more educational. I don't know if it would be fun or not. But um, you, you simply, you're, like, chasing a magnetic field. So it's like, you know, like the bunnies on the track that the greyhounds chase? Yeah. So the, the way that the brushes are contacting the different coils in the motor is you're constantly shifting the magnetic field through different circuits. And so it's chasing the magnetic field as it rolls around. And that timing is controlled by the brushes. Literally, it's like, you know, rubbing against different yeah, copper cause contacts. The, yeah, because the, the brush rubs against copper contacts that are split, right. that cracked along the, yeah. along the shaft. Right. Right, so it's, it's just turning different sets of coils on and off, which keeps the magnetic field constantly forward, which makes the magnets chase it. Right. Um, then with a brushless motor, you have to time it in an intelligent way. So your timing is all done with a little microprocessor. Ah, and, see, I didn't know that. Right, so you oh, can drive yeah, it yes. much more efficiently by putting like a true sine wave into it instead of just all on or all off. And um, you can get them like to spin smoother. There's less friction because there's no physical contact, but they're way more difficult to drive because you have to know where the motor is in order to apply the appropriate amount of current to the right coils. And so they use like, you know, crazy, you know, it's, it's not, I don't know, it's relatively complicated. Cause I'm experimenting. I haven't really taken it too much further than just getting the motor to spin. I had a, a one of my interns, a young high school kid who's an electrical engineer. He bought the parts off eBay and made skateboard. I'm, I'm making an electrical skateboard, but it's kind of, it's nice. like an odd concept. And anyway, he had to buy the controller. He's like, he's like, we have to buy a controller. It's thirty dollars. Oh, we have to buy the battery. It's twenty. I'm like, just buy whatever you want. I don't care how much it costs. Yeah. But, and he had to buy this little controller. And and I didn't. I'm like, I just said okay. But in my mind, I'm like, boy, I don't understand why he needs that. I don't. Yeah. In the old days, we just stick a motor to a battery and it would turn. Right. But right. That yeah. makes so perfect sense. That, so. Yeah. And then, you just catch a fire if you tried it nowadays right. with the brushless motor. Yeah, we just catch fire. Yeah. yeah see, you, I, you short out one of the phases. Well, see, that's I knew that there was a reason that we shouldn't just try that. In my mind, I'm like, okay, <laughs> stick the battery on the thing; it should work. And he kept yeah. saying, "No, we need a circuit board in between." And I, I didn't. I'm not an electronics guy, but I so the, there's one. The one familiar. problem with the controllers that are cheap is that they work by using the motor as a generator, like back EMF. I might be yeah, botching some of these terms. So I'm not like an expert at this. 
but the motor has to be turning in order for the controller to know where the motor is. So you, you can't spin it to start. Right. So you have to pre-spin it. And so if it's a skateboard or something, you're going to have to push oh. to get it to spin. So they, there are drivers and that's the wow, one thing you know what? the power wheels. That's so yeah. funny because we were having problems and it wasn't spinning. We were pulling the trigger. Uh-huh. And yeah. I wonder if we give it a kickstart, if that would have helped each time. It, it might. Was there a load on it? Was it heavy? Like, was it on the ground? No, 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 no. Just, free, just free spinning on the table. Some, sometimes they'll like they'll kick themselves they'll just kind of like yeah. twitch when you see like brushless motors twitching that's what they're doing is yeah. they're trying to kickstart themselves right. yeah, to know they, where they are they're also trying to find out which way they need to fire the phases to rotate a certain way so that's why they do the kicking and then they eventually figure out where they need to go and they start spinning right but if you're stalling it like like on a skateboard or whatever i had this problem too i made a, i took a toggle winnebago and put a brushless motor on that and we stood <laughs> on that and rolled that thing around new york in one of the videos it's awesome. so we were actually going really fast and some drunk people were like what is going on if you did that that was a lot of fun but yeah that would not start if you were to sit on it and hit the trigger it would just kick around and not move it has to be kind of bump started to allow the motor to generate some of that emf so the esc can figure out which way it needs to fire the 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 phases you can buy censored motors though so this is a thing and most like the boosted board and stuff have sensors on the motors and so that you don't have to kick start them so they're specifically made for for low, for high torque, low speed applications. Wow! That, see, I'm glad I asked that question. I just learned a tremendous amount. All I know is that about a year ago, brushless motors were the thing, and motors with brushes were bad. And that was because of DeWalt's <laughs> yeah, marketing. They've been, it's it's like, been, they've been like blown up. New yeah. brushless <laughs> motors. If you have brushes, your screw gun's gonna fall apart. It's like yeah. Yeah. why it's all of a sudden is it like powerful? Yeah, it's it's ridiculous too how powerful the brushless motors are. They that was kind of going on. Same thing, same story with the brush motors and brushless motors for like model airplanes. Because I have a big model airplane background, and everyone's like, "Oh, don't fly electrics; those are garbage airplanes." And now everyone's flying electric because it, it's more powerful than the gas or glow motors. The only thing that is really detrimental to that stuff right nowadays is just the batteries. The batteries don't last as long as a gas motor will. The, right. mo- the motors yeah. you have, he's got these like how oh, bigger yeah. is in diameter? Oh, yeah. like six I, inches in diameter, uh, like ten horsepower each. I think they're uh, no, no, they're they're um. It was 9,000 watts. They're 12.5 horsepowers, big... yeah. Because yeah. I, have tw- I have 25 horsepower worth of electric motors because the plane I'm building is going to be electric that I'm flying in. It's brushless, so. Wow. And you're actually flying in, in the airplane. Yeah. It's going to die. No, I'll be <laughs> I fine. thought we were over this. How big is it going to be? Uh, it's a 24-foot tw- wingspan. It'll weigh about 180 pounds. Twin electric, so each motor puts out about 75 pounds of thrust, so 150 pounds of thrust I have going there for me. How many Kentucky so. Fried Chicken buckets is it going to take to make this plane? <laughs> Yes. William wouldn't yes. stop asking about making a life-size version of that, and the answer is I'll die. <laughs> You're going to die in this one anyway. So so what kind of background do you have that you know that stuff? Uh, a lot of tinkering. I, okay. I spent most of the time sleeping in high school, which is probably not the best thing to do. <laughs> but when I was awake, I would usually just read like magazines about airplanes and RC stuff and all the electronic stuff, and just any chance I would get, I would just go to forums and learn as much as possible. So it was kind of just learning just by failure. Hmm. So I had a, that's I just kind of was a tinker, and that's generally what still works for me is just tinkering. That's it's awesome. gonna be yeah. What's the word? Experimental. Hmm. Yeah, they have experimental aircraft, and they get they get certified all the time. Yeah. Experimental things that you actually sit inside of in the air scare me a little bit. But <laughs> hey, man, I have like I have like ninety eight percent confidence in Peter. It's just that that slight two percent of yeah. You know, I built airplanes pretty large before. The largest one I have is like sixteen foot. It weighs about 50 pounds, and it's flown many hours. It hasn't fallen apart, and I put that thing up through like some pretty good stresses. 
Hmm. So I'm pretty confident I can get this one done because this is using more aviation grade parts. P Peter has a GoFundMe for a parachute. I'm not even joking. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Someone egged me on to do that. should probably help that out because uh, yeah, it'd be a good thing to have. But yeah, a ballistic uh, parachute. That that means it's uh, there's a parachute in a box and you have a rocket attached to the top of the parachute. <laughs> so the rocket fires out of the canister. It pulls the parachute out. Now you can deploy it at a lot lower altitude, so you're less likely to die. You know, <laughs> less likely to yeah. die. <laughs> it's still a possibility, but wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll we'll put a link to his uh, GoFundMe for the parachute. I think that would be a worthwhile investment on everybody's part. Uh, <laughs> cool. Well, um, you guys, got any other questions for these these guys? Yeah. How, What's next? Uh, what? Uh, oh, I had a question about the airplane stuff. I've seen recently on YouTube guys flying like Boeing seven forty sevens that are like ten feet long. Have you seen those things? Uh, funny thing is, I built a Boeing seven seven seven. That was uh, eight feet long. No kidding. I made one of those. Yeah. And is it a it's jet? Is it a jet powered? How is it propelled? Uh, it's electric ducted fan, which is like electric jets. Right. Well, people like to use that term a lot. But it's hanging in my mother's restaurant. It has lights. It has retracts. The flaps work and everything. Okay. I built that when when I was actually in high school. And it actually, flies. You, you could send. It flies. Yeah. And and it, is it just? Wow, that's all I want to say. It's, cool. Yeah, it's made out of foam <laughs> and just carved out. So it's a hot wire. You just made the nose and you made the tail section. You rolled some. Depron foam into like a cylinder shape, glue it all together, and you got yourself an airplane. Wow, <laughs> that's amazing. all there is to it. <laughs> and you have electric, there's electric jet engines that are available now? Yep, you can get those too. A lot of people really like using them. How They're does called, an like, electric, electric jet engine yeah. work? I mean, don't you need the pulse from, from the fuel? Yeah, it's, uh, it's a loose term. It's really called an EDF, which stands for electric ducted fan. So there's, there's that brushless motor in there, a brushless in-runner, right. usually coupled to, you know, a lot of bladed, a multi-bladed fan, and it just, it's... A hairdryer, it really. It's just like, like a super, supercharged yeah. hairdryer, basically. Yep, exactly. Right. You got it. People love saying jet engine because it sounds fancy, but nah. Does it sound a, like a, a jet engine? Because this airplane I it watched. It really does. So yeah. I watched it take off, and I'm like, I don't understand this at all. Like It's like yeah. it's like from another universe. You'll really find some electric ducted fans that are piped just right, that they get that harmonic weird sound. I don't really know how to explain it, but it really does sound like a jet. It's just not as loud. Because right. you get that whistling with a jet that you just can't give with the fan sometimes. Wow, this is incredible. You learn awesome. something new every day. Crazy. Yeah. Where are you guys traveling to next? Uh, we're going home, finally. Actually, uh, it's, oh. <laughs> we signed up for a, a, a STEM class at the YouTube space in L.A. So we're flying home to LAX, and then we have to go like an hour away from LAX to get our car, and then we're going to drive down back past LAX, go to the YouTube space, and then we're going to drive home at like 10. So we're going to have a really long day on Wednesday. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> Hey, wow. if I can get like four or five grand together to make a, a, a bandsaw, laser bandsaw from the ceiling of my shop to the floor, is it something yeah. you want to come to I, New York I, and do? I will gladly help you make a laser bandsaw. I think that would be hilariously <laughs> awesome. Because there are, some, there are some physicalities. There's some bandsaw physicalities that like when I watched it, I thought to myself, okay, that's cool. But, you, you know, it's squirrely. It's squirrely. It's hard to stay on the line. But you can combine some, like let's say, for instance, if right. you put a fin sticking out of the table, an eighth-inch fin, yeah. that'll come up directly behind the laser. So when you make your cut, your cut immediately goes into a fin that's going to help you stay straight. And right. if, if that fin is skinny enough and the back of that fin is sort of uh, bullet-shaped, you can make curves. Because mm -hmm. part of having a bandsaw blade is – and you could obviously make tighter curves with a thinner blade front to back and – you, you can make more perfectly straight cuts. So you could potentially, well, if we have like a 6,000 watt laser, we could do like a resaw <laughs> and have like yeah. a, a deeper fin behind the laser. So right at the front of the fin, the laser might come down. And then, so I was already. How, how wide, how wide is a uh, bandsaw blade usually? 
Um, probably like, probably like two millimeters, three millimeters. You can get like three millimeters, four millimeters. The la- I don't know if this will affect the fin at all, but the, the laser, it's like a half a millimeter. It's like less than a millimeter. Do we make a skinny fin? That's, that's all. A really skinny. <laughs> <laughs> that, the tip of a razor blade. That's actually an interesting yeah. thing. Have you ever seen? I mean, that's essentially a riving knife. Yeah, exactly. On a bandsaw. Yeah. Have you ever seen a bandsaw with a riving knife? I have not, because the riving knife is behind the tooth, the entire band of the blade. That's why when you when you resaw, you have a deep riving knife that stays. Gotcha. You know, so that's I never thought of it that way, but that's exactly what it is. Andrew Klein um, did a a video a few weeks ago on using one blade for curves and oh, the same right. blade for resalt where he put um, a riving knife behind it right something like that yeah, yeah yeah like one on top and one on on the bottom brilliant idea yeah i still remember that hmm. i forgot about that yep yeah, and I, if i remember right that might be the video where he said uh companies steal this and and use it right. like one of his videos he said he's a, this is just a free idea take it and somebody should wow yeah that guy's full of good ideas yeah he and he's an incredible inventor yeah, so uh, if you guys are down for the cause, and, and I can get the money together. Yep, that sounds like a project that we would do. <laughs> like I said, we'll just mount it in the rafters <laughs> of my shop. My shop's got like 25-foot ceilings. We'll just mount it in the rafters. I'll get a, I'll get a, uh, you know, a, a genie, whatever those things that lift, and you set it all yeah. up. Just put a spot on the floor and put a circle around it and say, don't stand here. <laughs> what could go wrong? <laughs> Cut sandwiches wow. in half and stuff. We could make the Vin Diesel thing, like, you know, one piece of ham at a time. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'd be into that. All right. All right. I'm going to think about that. that that'll be that's, – that's, that's a fun one. Awesome. Well, I look forward to seeing that. You could probably cram it in an actually – like, just an old bandsaw, too. Yeah. There's just a giant laser tube sticking out of the yeah, top Yeah, just stick the laser tube kind of in the back. So I don't know. I'm not really sure. Well, you know what would be funny? If I can get my hands on it, I might be able to. Like in the turn of the century into like the first part, well, they still make them, but there's a lot of these old bandsaws that have a big wheel on them, a 36 inch wheel. And the mm-hmm. casting is this big, tremendous, like 700 pound C with like a big table on it. So we can, I can get my hands on one of those and we could mount the laser to the top of that. And there's yeah. plenty of room up on the top to like point it however many I mean, you, bounces. You can put it on the side too and just use two mirrors. That's what I'm saying. We, can, have we can have it, it just point around oh, yeah. to wherever you need to just to condense the whole action of everything. Right. Yeah. Well, all right. I think this is a this is a great well, terrible idea. I, I gotta say, it was really nice knowing both of you. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you two are gonna go blind. That's probably what this is gonna happen. No, we did that. We did experiments. Until you hit where you saw an eyeball with a laser beam. This is how I want to die, Bob. Okay. Fair enough. Hey, man. Would we need you, to wear protective glasses, like with like a certain like UV? Just color? no. Just it. Well, I mean, technically, yeah. So we did a video on that, and you can get away with safety glasses, but I don't really want to condone it. But they're cheap. They're like 40 bucks. But you basically can get away with regular safety glasses. Hmm. But I can't say you can do that. <laughs> but I just did, didn't I? Yeah, but you can't. But you can't. <laughs> yeah. Don't do it. Can, can Unless the, you don't have... I know the laser cuts like from the... The laser... Will the side of the... Is the side of the laser... Oh, what do like, you mean? Like, 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 a, like, a, like what is... Bob, what is that, that, that movie you like where in space? Star Wars. Star Wars? <laughs> the lightsaber? <laughs> <laughs> that thing, like the way, like a lightsaber can come down and just like, boom, and like cut. Is it does a laser it, work it that way? Just, is it is it dangerous on the side of it, or is it just yeah? Sending so a if pulse you put down? if you were to put your finger through the unfocused beam, it wouldn't cut it off, but it would burn the living daylight out of your I finger. I see, I see, I see. It's so we did. I did some like kind of napkin math. I don't know. This should be relatively right. The beam coming out of the laser, it's about two millimeters in diameter. 
and is about 5,000 times brighter than daylight. Right. When it gets focused, the focal, like in that depth of field, it's 100,000 times brighter than sunlight. Wow. So imagine taking a big circle of sunlight and condensing it down into a tiny, tiny, tiny little dot, and it just vaporizes everything. So both are dangerous. The focus beam is really, like it will punch right through your finger. Wow. Mm. Just like a saw blade. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I like, that's a nice justification that you just dropped in there. Oh, yeah, it's just like a saw. It's what we do all the time. It's, it's not it's like the same thing, man. I guess you've got to pick, pick um, one way to remove your finger. Would you, would you like to use the traditional bandsaw oh, or the laser? The laser. Oh, you cauterize, cauterize it. Yeah, yeah. it would cauterize the wound. Oh, I, I think, I think the saw blade would be more yeah. painful than the laser. Yeah. Well, what, what, what about when it comes to the bone? Okay. Yeah, that's uh, okay. Moving on. <laughs> Honestly, I'm, I know this. I'm going to say this, and this is I've talked about this before. I've been cut on both a table saw and a bandsaw, and getting cut on a bandsaw, the RPM is like the the reaction, the speed, everything is like much lower. So when you get cut on a table saw, it's like it's like oh, I just lost my finger. When you get cut on a bandsaw, it's like oh, my finger's going to the bandsaw. Out, let me pull it out. Oh wow, that was just a nick. Oh wow, that's a really deep nick, but I'll be okay. But you know, you have much more reaction time on a bandsaw. Hmm. Is that better or worse? It's better to have more reaction time, but with the laser, okay. I don't know. That's what I'm saying. You might just go, Vroom. oh wow, my finger just flopped on the floor. It's shorter. <laughs> yeah, that would it would be bad. That you would not want to put your finger under. Hmm. Because even yeah, if you I, went I really fast, <laughs> it would just it would just go like through half your finger. Well, we could we through. could send like the the laser. Now we're brainstorming for real. But the the actual let's say the 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 lens is at the end of a long tube, and the laser comes down through that tube. It could be opaque or translucent just to block the, the views and then we could focus it up and down just like a real bandsaw guard you know how it guards the yeah. top above the you know the open oh, spot yeah. and so the laser can only be like if you pass your material underneath it can only like so you know you're gonna you really want to cut your fingers you got to do some work is what i'm saying yeah. Yeah. But yeah that's basically it if you if you are gonna put your fingers in there you're asking for it right um you could make it say i mean you could totally make it safer i feel like that kind of hmm. you know you know, with some like fancy electronics or like you, you ever see that, that what's that shape carver thing, the CNC, yeah, the shape you, know, you put stickers on the material. So if it like sees your hand or something, it won't let you turn it on. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah. Something like that. Interesting. I mean, it's not a super safe idea. <laughs> it's more dangerous than a bandsaw thing. Well, I mean, yeah. it's like you already it's have a, it. It's an awesome proof of concept. Yeah. You, you already have it. But if we, I'm just thinking like you did it. That's why, that's why I got the idea right. to watch your video. But the idea, if it's bigger, more powerful, and pointed only for that, with like a tiny riving knife behind the thing, I think we have a, we think we have some. I think it's a sweet idea. I really want to do it. I guess the only th- bad thing about the riving knife is you wouldn't be able to, you couldn't use it for like scroll work, which may be one of the more interesting things you could do with it. Well, you know what? You know? The, you can because there's a scroll saw that is you know about a millimeter in diameter, maybe two millimeter and a half, and it cuts in every direction. The real way, the real place it would come in handy is that let's say you're doing scroll work, you don't have to keep drilling and moving the the blade in and out. Let's say you know, right? The, you just turn it off. You yeah. just turn it on, like you just you know know where your dot is going right. to be. You get like a, I guess a weaker dot, and so you know that's it. And then you step on the pedal, and then you're cutting. And you step off the mm-hmm. pedal, move into your next region. Because with a bandsaw, you you or even a jigsaw, you have to either get into the hole somehow, or cut into the side with a bandsaw, or drill a hole and get into that region with a jigsaw and then set it back up and then start and then turn it off, unhook your blade. Right. So with a laser, mm, it's getting better and the, better. The only, the, I think the, one of the only problems or like downsides would be like it cuts so well, but there's nothing to keep, I guess, is that what the little blade is for to keep it yeah, from moving? That would be the okay. rubber knife. Cutting in the, in the face. 
Uh, if you're doing like scroll work, like we're talking about, then you wouldn't need the riving knife. You'd just be going in every mm -hmm. direction. You just got to get really good at eye-hand coordination. Right, because it, it basically will cut wherever you put it. So you can get kind of jagged edges from your, you know, your hands kind of wiggling around and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Love it. Crazy. I think this is a great idea. I think it's a horrible idea, but I definitely want to see it happen. No, that's a perfect idea. It's a very viable tool. Yeah. It just costs a lot of money. <laughs> you can also have like an Etch-a-Sketch type thing where you have two Ooh. knobs. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a good idea. Just to control it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> dampen, dampen that human, you know, inaccuracy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, or you could do like the, the, the handheld thing oh, where the, handheld like, the thing, thing yeah. moves, like the laser head moves a little bit oh, to compensate man. for your, your jaggedy. <laughs> wow. wow. This That's just got way crazier. Yeah. I feel like we should just stick with the laser tube <laughs> sticking down into an old bandsaw. Yeah, as, a, then, as a first step. As a first step. A second step. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, that's true. Can awesome. you imagine like, Would, like in a hundred, like, let's, let's ideate for just one second. In a hundred yeah. years from now, <laughs> what is the shop tool, what are shop tools going to look like? You're going to have a laser bandsaw because we just invented it. So, right. Well, you invented laser it. Jigsaw? Laser jigsaw? Laser jigsaw, you pick, pick Lasers. it up. Laser scroll saw, laser skill saw, a circular saw, laser. or you're just gonna like walk up laser to stuff drill and, press and think about it, and then the plywood's gonna just go and break into the <laughs> laser six screwdriver, <laughs> laser tape measure. I think in a hundred years from now, there yeah, won't that. be screws. <laughs> I don't know what's gonna be there in place of it, but there won't be screws anymore. Hmm. It's gonna be like magnets embedded in wood. <laughs> you're gonna buy a sheet of plywood, and there's gonna be magnets throughout the entire sheet of plywood. You just snap off the piece that you want. The wood, the wood all snap together. All right, next week we well, let's just think of the tools in a hundred years from now. That'll be our next week's that's, show. That's Ooh. a good topic. Yeah, <laughs> tools in a hundred years. All right. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna cut it here so we don't like go into next week's show because I could right. see that happening very easily. All right. uh, and we still have the after show. These guys are gonna hang around for the after show. Oh, cool. So for Patreon supporters, you can listen to more with these guys in just a minute. After we're we gonna finish up. after this, we're gonna talk about tools in four years from now. Just <laughs> move a little closer. Um, so I want to thank our top uh, Patreon supporters really quickly: Make, Build, Modify, uh, Torble, Terry. Terry, he it's Terry. He sent Terry. us an email saying us. it's Terry, yep. Yeah. Works by Solo, A Glimpse Inside, Keith Decent, Ashley Stilson, Malton May, Corey Ward, Evan and Caitlin, Jedediah Schultz, and Wise Old Dow. But also, everybody else who supports us on Patreon. Uh, super cool. We're really grateful. And thank you for you guys for being here. Is that Evan and Caitlin? Yeah, Evan and Caitlin. Oh, nice. Hi, Evan and Caitlin. Yeah, thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having us. Yeah, sure. For letting us in your house. Absolutely. If uh, David and Jimmy, if you don't hear from me, just send help. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that's it for this week. Unless you guys got anything that you have been watching that you really want to throw out there. Just one one thing, real quick. Uh, yeah. There's a podcast called How I Built This. It's an NPR podcast, and they interview people who, they, like, the latest episode is the uh, the person that started Airbnb, and it's a oh. really really good episode. It's it's it starts there's like you goes over the failures and, and how they build it up with no money like they're completely broke and maxed out their credit cards it's just a really inspiring story and the whole podcast is good they also have interviewed the the guy who started buzzfeed um a bunch of other big business people but so check out how i built this thanks awesome i think you guys, should, you guys should you guys should both brag about your channels right now oh yeah yeah oh yeah go check out peter's street Bowl. So check out William. He has a lot of subscribers and a lot of people commenting. 
Peter has <laughs> more <thanks>. subscribers. <laughs> 331, yay! Yeah, you actually... <laughs> I know the number. I use it to brag about, to like, to like, uh, ask for like free stuff from an RC company. You ever company? send a second email and say, hey, sorry, that was from two hours ago. It's actually... 10 more than it was. Though. I did that to Hobby King because <laughs> it wouldn't give me the motors I needed for this project like six months ago. Yeah. Now I'm like, yeah, it's a 10X double in size. You want? You sure you, you want it on this? And they're like, okay, we sent you motors. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right, well, go check them out on their channels for sure. Yep. And uh, that's it for this week. Sick. Thank you, guys. Thank you. I, love this band song. I love this I love this band <laughs> song. I can't wait to try it. That's what it's going to happen. You can't, you can't tease it and then not make it that's, happen. That's it's, true. It's going to happen. I love it.